Welcome to the Interviews Podcast. Welcome, Interisti, to episode 44, as Johnny has called it, the Ivan Perisic episode of the Interviews Podcast. We are here for the post-match reaction, happening a, a little bit later than we usually do for uh, the Champions League group stage game, Inter Benfica, taking place at the San Siro, which ends one nothing in favor of Inter with a goal from Marcus Turam in the 60. 60- second minute as always i am one half of your co-hosting duo alessandro rafa joined here by johnny paterno and johnny we usually record um right after there's you know the immediate uh, emotion of each of these games but yesterday was a brilliant performance um at least in the uh in the second half and we'll get into all of that how are you feeling a day after do you still have the enthusiasm for what was a, a huge and important win for Inter in the Champions League? Yeah, absolutely. Still have the enthusiasm, still excited for this team, uh, for the performance. Uh, obviously, the scoreline was a little unfair, um, I would say. You know, we had chances to, to make it 3, 4, 5 nil even. Um, but you know what? Three points is three points at the end of the day. And especially in the, the Champions League, you'll take it any way you can get it. Um, but I'm very, I'm very happy with the reaction in the second half. You know, first half was a was a little bit difficult, a little sloppy in, in some aspects, um, and we can get into that. But the second half was uh, was beautiful. It was be- we we had uh, we had Benfica on the back foot pretty much the entire time, which was really nice to see. Um, and uh, yeah, excited, excited for it. I hope we can carry that into the weekend against Bologna. Yeah, I want to. I think that's a really good place to to start um, the sort of tale of two halves um, situation that that's been happening with Inter over the last several performances. It does feel like we have become a team that maybe can be described as slow starters. And you know, as fans on the other end watching this, like you don't, it could be by design, right? There could be a. Um, a direction from the coaching staff to sort of like, let's feel things out in the, in the first half and then make changes uh, in the second half. Like once you sort of read how your opponent wants to play. Um, But I do think there is something to be said for the first 45 typically being, if you look at the duration of the match, typically being Inter's uh, weakest uh, part of the match, do you think it's like a, a mentality thing where it takes us a little bit of time to enter the, to really get our grip on the game, or do you think it is more of like, you know, let's just let's just feel each other out for a little bit and then we'll make our adjustments from there? You know, I would say I think it's a it's a healthy combination of the two, to be quite honest. Uh, when I look at how we started, it you know I, I feel like because the Serie A is so tactical. It's it's like a mental chess match that managers from the Serie A, even when they go into these European competitions, they'd like to look at it as a chess match. Like, let me see what you're willing to sacrifice. Let me see what pawns you're willing to move in, in what direction, and I will react from there. Um, but we also know that fatigue has kind of been a factor too with the way this team has been playing. And you could see some tired legs around the pitch. However, um, even with that, you know, in the first half, it being they looked a little tired, a little sloppy in, in some instances. 
um, the effort was never was never lacking. It was just tired legs I was noticing. Um, specifically, you know, Lautaro had a few instances in the first half where he, it almost felt like his brain couldn't react to what his feet wanted to do in some some instances. And he would turn the ball over right outside the 18 or something like that, not even see or notice maybe Taram on his left or right. Um, I remember one instance in particular, he was on the left of him. But, you know, and I think that's just just tiredness in, in, in that. And, um, you know, brain fatigue, you know, when you're tired physically, your, your brain's not going to really be able to react. So, um, yeah, I think that was it. And like I said, the them having played each other in the what was it the semifinals no sorry the quarterfinals um last year in the champions league you know i'm sure inzaghi thought in some ways that that they would benfica would come out a little differently um and maybe prepare for them a little bit differently from what i saw it didn't look like they really had a different game plan and it was took maybe like 45 minutes for inzaghi to recognize that and then in the second half he just came out and and took care of business so yeah. yeah, he said, Inzaghi said himself after the game that the expectation was that uh, they would be playing with a true number nine. Typically, they've been going to either Peter Musa or um, Artur Cabral up top and that playing Rafa Silva sort of, it, it just wasn't what they were expecting. Um, and if you look at how the game played out, Benfica did have some dangerous moments in the first half. I think... Uh, <laughs> I I know that you know you have been behind this guy from the beginning, but that save from Somer on Arsenis's volley was you have to watch it back on the replay to really understand just how difficult of a save that was to make and how impressive his ability to get down to his left was to to make that save. He's understandably given um you know, Inter fans affinity for Onana for what he did last year. I think we're sort of people have been waiting for what Somer's mess up going to be. And with the Sassuolo uh, performance, like, you know, there hasn't been that much enthusiasm, but he was immense today. Absolutely immense. And that save on Arsenis was truly, truly ridiculous. Not only that, um, you know, it's, it's one-on-one. He's got to worry about where like is he going to go to my far post is he going to go near post he went for power and i mean the placement was very well done as well but he he did go for power on it and like you said the way somer is able to get down and react and not only the way he reacts and keeps a strong left hand on making that save to direct it out of bounds i mean that's not easy <laughs> it really isn't um somer was I tweeted it, man. I, I just feel like he's not getting the respect he deserves. And that's fine. Listen, he made a mistake. But what? What? look at every goalkeeper. And I've said this even when we had Onana. What goalkeeper has not made a blunder in his career? Everyone has a, you know, a moment where they wish they could take back. They wish they could have you know, secured it, maybe parried it differently, maybe not punched it right into the foot of an oncoming you know, attacker, whatever. Um, but for him, the way he played, um, I would say he was just as big a part of us winning that game as uh as our, our you know Taram and, and the rest of our attack was so hats off to him 100 percent, and that was that was probably Benfica's most uh dangerous moment of the game and it would have been the most dangerous moment for Inter to go down um you know early on I just want to take a look at when that shot occurred 
from Arsenal. That was the 13th minute. So if they were to go down 1-0, you know, early on, obviously game plans would change. And it's, uh, you know, that's a hole that you now have to climb yourself out of. And we've seen, you know, the um, inability uh, from Lautaro later on in the game to put the game to bed, just how important it is to be clinical in those moments. So huge from Somer to make that save. And if you look at, you know, keeping along the theme of this tale of two halves, in the first half, Inter had five shots on goal. In the second half, they had 16. That <laughs> second 45 was one of the best performances um, that I've seen from Inter, not only all year long, but in the past couple of years. And I think the question that's come up for me in my mind, I think Pavard is clearly an upgrade over Skriniar. We can all agree on that. I'd say tactically, I would agree with that. Tactically, an upgrade over Skriniar. Okay. Duram brings something different to the table than Jekko and uh, Lukaku. And I think a, you can... He's a massive upgrade over both yeah. of those. Let's... That, that can... Yeah. That's for damn sure. At no point in time did this team look like they did yesterday in the in the you know second 45 um against Benfica than they did last year you know in the the two quarter final legs like this might be we might be looking at a team that is much much more improved than last year and last year we were able we were able to get to the final so huge huge performance um from the guys you know can't say enough about about yesterday the only thing that you can really comment on is the scoreline, I think our XG was like three point. Uh, let me just pull this up here. Three point eight one. So you know, according to the stats guys, this should have been a four nothing win, and we weren't able to do so. Did that have more to do with Lautaro maybe having you know some demons of the past of in- inability to finish, or was Trubin an absolute monster yesterday? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what Truman was trying to prove. You know, like we already knew, or he already knew that we were interested in him and wanted him. He didn't have to show off like that. Um, and I really think that I, I don't think it was really so much demons of the past with Lautaro. I think it was a lot of unluckiness. You know, that shot off the post. I I just think it was unlucky. You know, I thought he got. I'd be more concerned with demons of the past if he was missing the target altogether. Now, I know that hitting the post does not count as a shot on target, but it's not like he was shooting it, you know, four rows over, you know, just wide or, or wide in general. Um, I, think, I, think it was, uh, I think it was more so Trubin being, you know, a class goalkeeper that we all know he is, um, more so than, than Lautaro having, you know, demons or anything. Yeah, I would agree because, you know, even with the stop that Otamendi made, like, you know, if that was two inches higher, that's in the back of the net. When he hit the crossbar, if that was two inches lower, it's in the back of the net. It's like it was really, really by the margins. Um, You know, there was a breakaway he had. There was a I mean, he had so many opportunities to put it away. And I think the stark contrast between how football stats and how um, apps sort of determine if a player had a good performance versus what you're seeing with your eyes. I'm watching the game and for me, Lautaro getting himself all of those opportunities, that is a, a really good performance. That's putting your, you know, 
that's putting your best foot forward and the finishing was slightly slightly off but he he had a great game in my opinion if you look at the apps i think fatmob or sofa score had him at a 5.8 a 5.8 as having a terrible game when the reality is he was he was great for us yesterday and that's why i don't go based off of what those those apps ever say i can't stand them I almost feel like it's a robot tracking player data more so than them actually watching the game. Because to me, that was a 7 out of 10 performance. The only thing missing were the goals. He did everything else you could ask from a forward. And I know some people are like, oh, well, I expect my my number 9 to get the goals. Fair. That's fine. I get that. But you can't tell me he hasn't been pouring in goals for us all season. Like, if you're going to point to one match and, and make a big deal... And people want to call him, you know, Salernitana man, and, and make, oh, that's the only reason he got, you know, four goals was a Salernitana, blah, blah, blah. Look at his numbers. Look at what team he has scored the most goals against. Look at what team he actually has the most goal contributions against. It's actually Milan. So let's not just, you know, put him in this box that he only performs against the Minnows because he does perform and he does show up in, in big games. I mean, he's done it for us in, in Coppa Italia. He's done it for us in the Supercoppa. He's done it for us throughout the Serie A season. Do we want him to get more clinical with his finishing? Absolutely. I mean, that's the only thing I think that's taking him from, you know, to that next level, which could be to not just be a notch below the Mbappes and the in the Hollands, but be up there in the conversation with them. So, yeah, I uh, 5.8 is a joke. But whatever. I mean, they probably gave Dumfries an 8.1 or something ridiculous like that. And don't read it to me. Don't read it to me. <laughs> Dumfries was a 7-0 on FOTMOB, a 7-0, <laughs> one of the best performers yesterday. Wait, but let's okay. but listen, if you're if you're gonna, you know, people out there that are gonna say um poor finishing from Lautaro, Dumfries could have had himself a hat trick yesterday. An early, an early header, an early, an early, an early volley. Header. The volley was half. embarrassing. Like how do you, yeah. like not even on frame? Uh, you're right there. You're like two feet away. I, I don't. Whatever. Whatever. I'm not yeah. trying to pick on him. People, uh, people say I hate. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't like him. I don't. I want him to be successful because I want to sell him. That's, that's. I don't root against him. But when he's not performing well, I'm like, this is this is it. This is the level. But anyway. So we talked about the game flow. Um, first 45. I think one the one thing that I want to say about the first half that I think, um, you know, I am finding more and more that I don't want to be anywhere near Twitter while these games are happening because I want <laughs> it, it's it sort of takes the enjoyment out of me. It takes the enjoyment out of the game for yeah. me with some of these takes. It's like. I just want to say uh, regarding that first half, there are phases to a game. Like there's a reason a game is 90 minutes. Like there's a defensive phase. There's an offensive phase. You don't get what you got in the second half without the first 45 playing out like that. Like it should not be if your team is not incredibly dominant every minute of the game. It doesn't mean that your team is trash and that the sky is falling. And I think that we need to like, as Interisti, I know that you know you and I aren't culprits of this, but if you're on Twitter, you would have thought that we were losing that match three nothing just by what people were saying after the first half. And I just that's the only thing I, I want to say is like there are phases to a game, and people need to like 
understand and roll with the ebbs and flows of it. Like it's fine if we're if we're not having you know a dominant fifteen or twenty minutes. Like you know it's it's part of the back and forth. Yeah. No. Um. I've definitely not been as active on Twitter as I used to be. Definitely trying to just stay off it. It's not what I want to put up with. It's not what I want to deal with. It's not what I want to hear. I mean, the reactionary takes from so many people. I was reactionary before. Uh, I'll be honest. Like I'm not going to sit and pretend that I'm absolved of any any guilt in this. Um, but like, I just I just don't want to get caught up in it because you could easily get sucked into it too. So I'd rather just you know watch the game, not be able to be you know have my own ideas swayed or or you know be changed by somebody online. I want to be able to to think for myself and make up my own assessments and decisions on on what I what I've been seeing. So yeah, it's uh, it's just best to stay away for sure. Yeah, would recommend you guys watch the game and then come hang with that, come hang with us afterwards, and we'll break it down for you. Um, all right, let's, as we always do, let's get into some of these player performances. We talked a little bit about Somer. Um, for me, it's a flawless game. It's a flawless game. Like, you know, you don't get a 10 out of 10 as a keeper unless you're making, you know, you're single-handedly making, uh, all these saves that maybe Trubin was making, but he did exactly what he needed to do. And, um, you know, his distribution was, was fine. It wasn't, uh, there was nothing that he wasn't giving the ball away with his distribution, which is basically all we're, we're asking him to do. So great game out of Somer. Anything you wanted to say about him before we, we talk about the defense a little bit? No, I'm just I'm happy. He's our keeper. That's, that's all I'll say about that. Yeah. Happy. He's our keeper. And also happy that, uh, Inzaghi is rolling with a true number one, as opposed to doing the goalkeeper rotations that we saw last year. All right, let's get into this defense. Um, we'll start with the, I think everybody expected Pavard and uh, and Bastoni to get in. I think the one sort of selection that Inzaghi had to make here was Devray versus Acerbi, and I saw some people, you know, saying that Devray should have started. I think, I think it's almost situational with these two guys because I think we have two really top class uh, center center backs, and I think with Devray, my preference would be to have him in there against a team that plays really direct to a target man or a large, you know, number nine. Um, and I should be in there for when we need to possess the ball a little bit better because his distribution, there's no doubt about it, his distribution is better. So I think Achebe was the right call yesterday. What did you, you think? think you think Achebe's distribution is better? Better than Devrai's, yeah. I, I Really? When I say better, I mean more expansive. I think Devrai is as sure of a passer in short to medium situations, so 5 to to 15-yard situations. He's as good as Acerbi. I don't think that he can play a ball as expansive, like a long ball or a switch of play, as well as Acerbi does. What are your thoughts on that? I'm, I might have to disagree. And maybe, I don't know, maybe maybe I need to pay more attention... I just remember, personally, remember DeVry being a better passer of the ball. Um, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe not on the, so much on the long balls. Um, but I, I don't know. I feel like he's got good accuracy. He is quick to move with it. Um, 
Yeah, no, all right. I mean, you know what? Now I'm now I'm gonna pay attention to to that aspect of both their games. <laughs> I, I uh, think a little that, bit a little bit more closely. I think that Devry's instinct as a distributor is to play it short, which he is really good at. And I think is probably a little bit more he's probably a little bit more heads up. Um but I think the good thing for Interisti is that to, both of our center backs are playing at an extremely high level. And I thought Achebe did really well today. He did some stuff that we haven't seen in a while, which is step into the midfield and actually carry the ball. Um, Benfica gave him a lot of space to do so, and, and he took full advantage of it. Um, and Achebe played played really well today. Uh, let's start with Bastoni, on the other hand. What did you think of uh, his game after getting a little bit of a rest against uh, Salernitana? Yeah, I was a fan of Bastoni for sure. Um, I thought in the first half, he, I mean, and like I said, it was a tale of two halves, but I felt like in the first half, he was a little sloppy with his, um, I think, defensive awareness. I feel like he was caught a little flat-footed, caught sleeping a couple times uh, coming down that right-hand side. Um, and that could happen, you know, like I'm not going to sit here and, and, you know, uh, criticize him and make him look like, uh, he was like a total mess or something. Um, these things happen in, in, in games like this. And, um, it took him a little while to grow into it and get out of the, I don't want to say habit, but like, I guess maybe out of his own head perhaps, and, and, and not, you know, just getting caught sleeping and flat footed. But you know what? Overall, I, I, a good performance from him, I would say. Uh, once he, like the second half, it was, a, like I said, a, ch- a changed man, it felt like. And I felt like he uh, had an impact coming down that left side like he typically does. So, Yeah, I think that part of the reason why the performance for Bastoni in the first and second half looked so different is because of the injury to Alexander Ba. Um, Benfica is right wing back. He's actually a, a really good player. Um, and once he went down, we really started targeting um, our play down our left-hand side. Bastoni started getting forward a lot more and could have had an assist on the night had Dumfries been able to direct his header uh, towards goal at all with zero power. It probably would have went in. But anyway, we'll talk, we'll talk a little well, bit D- about Dumfries it. Dumfries doesn't make mistakes according to one person, so... No, uh, flawless player. <laughs> flawless player. Bastoni, really good tonight. Um, I think he got the full 90. Let me check. Let me just make sure here. Um, yeah, Bastoni with a full 90 minutes. So actually the whole back line, Bastoni, Acerbi, and Pavard with the full 90. So likely changes coming against uh, Bologna. Pavard, Pavard. I tweeted during the game that you know, I posed the question, like, do you know how special you have to be in order to make $30 million for an expiring contract look like a bargain? And he has been all of that and more. Um, defensively, I didn't realize, I don't think I realized that he was this good. I mean, he's close to perfect in the defensive phase. He was a little bit more offensive today, um, saw a little bit more of him in the uh, opposition's half. Um, playing good balls unfortunately a lot of them went to Dumfries but anyway again we'll talk about that we'll stop that um but Pavard really good for me today and I'm getting the feeling that this is someone who should be um 
one of the first names on the lineup sheet every single time, as long as he's he's uh you know healthy. I would 100% agree with you. I don't think um, with the way he's been performing, uh, I, I I would say the, the only five players that should be guaranteed week in and week out right now in my mind are, well, Sommer, which I think is an obvious one, Pavard, uh, Lautaro, Turam, and Hakan. Uh, I think those guys have been consistent week in week out every game for us and to me they have to be playing they just have to be and i'm so glad that inzaghi allowed pavard to be integrated in the way he did he didn't rush him just because you spend 30 million doesn't mean you just automatically get plugged into the lineup i think he wanted him to get comfortable with the squad kind of build some chemistry um and then ease them into it you know, with a, a game against Sociedad, which I think we were all pleasantly surprised with his performance there. Uh, and then he's, you know, been able to uh, to get his feet wet in Serie A now. And I feel like now, I mean, look at how well we did in the first derby with Milan. Now I'm, I'm ready for him to play the next one too. You know, like I want to see him week in and week out with this team. Uh, you know, we've always heard about his passing, his passing, his ability to play the ball long and, and his ability to to create chances and, and, and his his uh, recovery speed. His tackling and his timing on his tackles have been way better than I anticipated, way better than I expected. And I am I am thrilled. I, you know, I, I said it. I didn't want to spend 30 million on him. I didn't think it was a smart thing to do. Mostly because of our, not mostly, just because of our financial constraints, I thought it was going to be a poor use of thirty million dollars. But like you said, he's making it look like a bargain. Like we almost just robbed Bayern. And if you look at the way Bayern's playing, he's clearly missed over there. Like his yeah. ability to play off in the back. Like no offense to Kim Bing Jae, who was the best defender in the Serie A last year. Um, you know, delict all the money they spent on him. Neither one of those guys are able to do what he is able to do with the ball at his feet. I mean, they're not. I mean, Bayern we know is going to go on a ten-game win streak here, you know, real real soon. But right out of the gates, they are not looking too great, at least on the defensive side of things. So you could tell that him leaving, and now I see why. As much as I dislike Tuchel, but I could see why he wanted a replacement in before he was sold. Um, thank goodness we did get to get him um, because he's been, he's irreplaceable at this point. Yeah. And I think the question that we are likely going to get an answer to um, shortly um, is going to be where that $30 million investment made more sense to go. Right. In reality, it went to Pavard instead of Lukaku. We, you know, I'm just taking out all the extracurriculars and extraneous things that happened with the those specific transfer sagas. If you just look at the distribution of our finances, the 30 went to Pavard and it didn't go to Lukaku. Now with Arnatovic's injury and we only have Lautaro Turam, Alexis, we're going to find out really soon whether or not that was the best use of that 30 million. Um, you know, if it could have been... if I, I, what I don't think Interisti understand is that if we had Lukaku and there were a lot that were still advocating for him to come back after the betrayal, um, but I don't think that people are understanding like it would be right now, you know, Alexis, Lukaku, Turam, and Lautaro up top, but you'd have like Demiral, 
in the back oh, line. Gosh. Yeah, that was the alternative. Don't, yeah, don't get me started on Demerol. That guy. <laughs> I'd rather roll with Pavard and have my, you know, with Arnautovic down, have my fourth striker be a mix of Klaassen and Mkhitaryan than have a player who shouldn't be in a true European contender's starting 11 in that back three. Um, I think he's going to prove to be to be a bargain for sure. Yeah, no, I'm 100% with you. Uh, I'm glad we got him over the finish line. And, um, I mean, it's early days, but he might be the Serie A signing of the season. Obviously, you would expect that with him being, sadly, the most expensive signing in the Serie A this season. But um, even with him being the most expensive, bang for buck right now, I don't think, you know, I'm sure Milan fans will say Reinders and... Uh, Napoli didn't really do anything. Juve didn't really do anything, but I don't know. Um, Reinders, I didn't even notice him against us. I feel like he was kind of negated. So, yeah, you could hold that. And uh, I'm happy with uh, what we we got here. And uh, if we continue like this, and especially playing this way defensively, with the keeper that we have behind them supporting, that's, that's huge, man. Yeah, and you also can't sleep on what seems to be an already really good relationship with the supporters and, you know, with the Inter badge. Like, he seems to really, he seems to have stepped seamlessly into the culture, the Inter culture, um, which you love to see. All right, let's let's jump into the wingbacks here. Um, we'll start with DiMarco. I think the story of DiMarco's game could probably be told... Uh, through a certain statistic, his uh, crosses. Um, he was three of 12 on crosses today, Yikes. which I think really, but it sort of tells the story because he had a good game and was really involved um, and was really pumping the ball into the box, was not as accurate as he typically is. And ultimately, you know, I think that was the story of his game. When you When you hear something like that or you see something like that and, you know, you think about the game that you watched from him. Ultimately, at the end of the day, would you say that that was a good game from him? Or do you look at the fact that he didn't connect on a lot of those balls, even though like he was trying to be dangerous? He wasn't connecting on a lot of them. I, I would say it's more so an OK game. Um, I didn't know the numbers were that bad on, on his his uh, completed crosses. That's, I mean, 25 percent or is it 20 percent? 20 percent. It is 25. Um yeah um is not not ideal you know you would kind of hope that he would get at least half of those in but listen um he did do like you said a lot of other things well i actually thought the numbers on crosses would be a little bit better but i guess i was wrong on that so yeah no i um i would say it was an average game nothing nothing too exciting or nothing too uh impressive and nothing too much of a letdown i mean just uh you know uh uh, an okay game from from our boy Fede. Yeah, and at the end of uh, the day, he did get an eighty. He did get eighty four minutes, which is longer than the typical sixty to sixty five that he usually gets. Obviously, Carlos uh, did play the ninety against Salernitana, so interested to see who gets the the start from jump against Bologna. Would you prefer that? You know, after 84 minutes, Di Marco can get some rest here, um, like he did against Salernitana, and go with Augusto. Or would you rather him start? I know Bologna is a big game 
for me. Like they're they're one of the better sides in Serie A, despite the fact that they haven't been pumping in the goals. Um, would you rather have Di Marco at the start this weekend, or should we uh, bring on Augusto? Has been very very impressive this year. Yeah, no, I think uh, for the weekend I would rather see Carlos Augusto. I think it would be better um, to rest Federico and then allow him to you know just re re regroup and re recharge his batteries a little bit. Um, the good thing too is like let's say I mean listen we all hope to be up two three nothing by the time it gets to that point but let's say you know we're chasing a goal for whatever reason uh, I would much rather have Di Marco come off the bench rested and being able to pump in crosses or even be able to take you know shots um, from distance take corners I actually like him on corners more than Hakan personally especially this season um, so that could be a weapon um, if you know we're in the unfortunate situation where we're chasing a goal. So hopefully that won't be the case. But yeah, yeah, and I also think you know with Bologna they play a lot through their wings, and Orsolini's on a little bit of a heater right now. So for me, Carlos Augusto is the better defender. Um, so it would probably make sense for for him to go this weekend. On the other side, uh, Denzel Dumfries, I think you can tell the story of his game through those three specific opportunities that we touched on. I commend my right wing back for getting himself in chances to contribute. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, he does have the assist on Turam's goal. He he did put him like he did hold himself onside for Barella's beautiful pass uh, something that we'll get into um and he did play the ball perfectly for Turam to put it away i it's i know it sounds like we kill the we kill the kid but you can't tell the story of his game without commenting on the fact that he missed like three there were three chances that you had to at least force a save you had to at least put it on goal and it was three chances that went completely wide. I think his XG at the end of the day, which this seems low to me, but his XG was 0.64. So anything over 0.5, like I expect you to have a goal and not even a shot on target out of those three opportunities. The only reason he got a 0.64 is because that's the, his expectations were that low. So he couldn't <laughs> even really... Got it. Couldn't really get it. That's why they gave him like a 0.64. Um, but... Listen, I'm a, I don't want to talk about this guy and, and seem like we're always beating up on him. I, like I said a few weeks ago, we we know what he is at this point, and the reason people hype up his good performances is because they're so far in few between. You have to bring him up. That's why you know he's not that great. But I don't want him to fail. I'm not rooting against him. Like I said, I want I want him to be a massive success so that we could you know eventually sell him. That would be uh, the dream scenario for sure. So. Yeah, yeah. I think the thing with Dumfries is that it's the criticism usually lands on his lack of like technical ability, right? Like just little things like that volley. It should have been, I mean, you could have passed it on the ground to force a save, but it goes, you know, weakly over the net. It's just like technical things that I don't see an improvement. I will say he had one good cross in the first half um, that he threaded the needle. It was a little too far advanced of Turam. It was just out of reach for Lautaro. And I don't know how Mickey didn't get on the end of it because he was coming in as a third guy. So he did have a yep. good cross that I'm surprised nobody was able to get 
um, on the end. Well, Tehran would have been very hard. He would have had to literally just drill it at him. Um, well, he did drill it, and I don't think he was trying to get to Tehran. But anyway, um, one of the other two, I was surprised uh, that neither of them were able to get on the end of it. So um, he could have had an assist, too. I'm not going to. I'll try to be fair. <laughs> yep. And he gets 70 minutes this uh, this game. So Darmian comes in to replace him. Darmian was effective, effective, and you he's know, Darmian. You know, he's like, Darmian. Exactly. It's that's exactly it. He's become uh, you know an adjective at this point. Yeah. Um, our our wingbacks, you know, they ultimately proved to be decisive. A lot of play went through DiMarco. Dumfries gets the assist for Turam's goal. Um, so good stuff out of the wingbacks. You know, in other news, Cuadrado was called up. So it looks like uh, he's got some minutes in him and we'll likely see him against Bologna. And I kind of want to see him because it's been a while. And every I would time actually hope been... that he starts against Bologna if he's able to. Don't force it. But like maybe maybe start him and then bring on Darmian in the second half and then you save, you save Dumfries. Like I would like to see that. Um, or if you want, start Darmian as the right wing back, and then when we, you know, if you want to bring in a little spark off the bench, you got Cuadrado. Um, either one, I would be okay with starting. I think this is a, a game where you kind of listen. We we know Bologna's strengths. We know what they're gonna try to do, and I, I feel like that doesn't really play into what little Denzel does well. So I would much rather have a guy like you know what, probably Dumfries. Um, I mean, I'm sorry, probably Darmian. Um, to start because he's so sound defensively and he is, you know, able to to deliver a good cross. So that would be yeah. my personal opinion. Yeah, Cuadrados look dangerous every time we've seen him. So I just want to, I want to see that again. Um, and I'd, right. I'd want to see him against tired legs. Like that would be the the great thing. It's what he's most effective. It's the best yeah. way to use him um, for sure. So, all right, let's dive into this midfield. I've got a question for you, Johnny. Is is Barella back? Is he back? His passing certainly is. I mean, my goodness, like that ball that he threaded to Dumfries to set up the first goal. Beautiful. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful. Um, I don't think he's back yet. I think he's getting there. But with the the glimpses that we saw in this game, that's scary. That's scary for the rest of Serie A. That's scary for the Champions League. If he gets clicking. I'm 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 scared of what we can do to teams in in Serie A. In a perfect world, you know, I would want to to just be able to just pump in four or five goals every game. And with his passing, Hakan's passing, and and their ability to shoot from outside the box, um, more so Hakan when he when he has you know clear space, not free kick wise, but <laughs> the rest of the time. Um, I mean, that's it. That that'd be great. And if he, and when he scores and gets on the score sheet, he normally falls into like a a, a bunch like will yeah. come. So I'm yep. hoping that that you know that'll that'll come. Listen, I don't even. It's not even so much the goals really. Like I want the assist to be there, or even the the secondary assist as they're called in hockey. And he's 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 starting to do that. He was the the engine looked like it was fully going yesterday. Um, yeah, so I'm 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 happy. I mean, listen, he's he's one of my favorite players. Probably still will be. You know, between him and Lautaro, you can you can take your pick on which one I enjoy more. Um, but I want to see him continue uh, at this way. And uh, yeah, um, he's 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 not back yet. He's just on the cusp. He looked like he was playing with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. Like he was more 
actively involved in the offensive play, four chances created, 100% accuracy on his long balls. Like he was, you know, he wanted to be involved. Like he wanted to be a protagonist, which he always wants to, but there were, there was something a little bit different about him today. Again, a slower start. Like didn't, it, it wasn't perfect in the beginning, but in that second half, like, I don't know. I, I, angry Barella is, is, uh, is a, good a dangerous Barella. thing. <laughs> He's a good Barella. And, and um, this team is so much better when he is at the top of his game. So yep. much better when he's at the top of his game. So let's hope that he's able to do so. This was uh, 90 minutes for him, but he was sub- subbed off uh, with extra time. So uh, Klaassen gets some some minutes replacing him. Klaassen not on the pitch long enough to, to even make any comments about. But um, really good game for Barella. Johnny has not declared him back. He's not declared him back but we're, we're in the right direction. Hakan and Mickey, which one do you want to wanna talk about first here? Uh, we can talk about Hakan, because this might have been actually his worst performance of the season, which is saying something. Cause it, you I don't think, think so? He was bad. I don't think he was bad, but I think it was his worst performance. I thought he was good. You thought so? I thought he was good. <laughs> I thought... Uh, Something that I, I'll give you something that I liked and something that I didn't like. Something that I liked was that ball in the first half that from where he was, he threaded it perfectly. It was the one that Turam couldn't get to, but that Dumfries got on the end of it and couldn't couldn't put it on goal. He hit that with such speed and it almost like on a frozen rope that I don't know a lot of a lot of midfielders that are are making that pass. That could have been you know an assist for him. Something that I didn't like was a breakaway that we had in the first half. Um, I forget who exactly it was that was running down the left-hand side that was completely open. He decides to pepper a shot on goal, and it's one of his shots where, you know, there's times where Hakan can pump them in from distance, and there's times where he puts it right in the middle of the goal, and it's it's an easy attempt for the keeper, so... I didn't think it was his worst performance of the year. I thought it was pretty good, but that's something that I liked and something that I didn't like. Okay. Yeah, no, I I mean, uh, when I say, I mean, just because I said it's his worst performance doesn't mean I think he was terrible or bad by any means. I just That's think, how good he's been this year. Exactly. That's how good he's been. Um, I, uh, listen, he's been, he's been massive for this, this club. And I may, maybe it's because he went more so unnoticed, in my opinion, um, that I feel like it was his worst performance. But that, yeah, by like by any means, um, I <laughs> I'm glad we have him still. I'm glad you know when he's healthy, he is so <sighs> he's just so clutch, um, and he's so quick to read the play, read where to put the ball. I love his ability to to receive and turn and just start the counter. Um, yeah, but for him to not really, in my opinion, have much of an impact, I think that's what makes it his worst. I'm I'm putting air quotes performance. Right. No, I think I mean I agree with you in the sense that he wasn't in he wasn't as involved in everything that we did really great today. That was more so of the midfielders. That was Barella. He was involved in in the really good stuff for us today. But yeah, Chalanoglu gets 84 minutes. Is replaced by Aslani. I thought Aslani did. <laughs> really well um yeah with the elbowing 
I I mean he was I mean I don't know. It was six know. he was six minutes on the field, like he didn't have much time, but six he minutes was, and I think three elbows. <laughs> Hakan said before the game, he said that he has a good relationship with Aslani and that um what he's been telling him is to be more aggressive when he's on the field. So maybe that wasn't really his fault. Maybe it was more so he's getting bad advice from uh from teammates here. Could be. Could be it could be Hakan trying to sabotage him so that he keeps his starting position so all that, year. So that he keeps <laughs> he's playing. like, yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, throw an elbow out there, you know, take take somebody out and then, you know, maybe oh poor red card. Looks like I gotta play the next three games. <laughs> he's he's not um yeah the defensive phase of Aslani's game is obviously his weakest, but like also just his build, like he's not, he needs to, he needs to put on a little, little muscle there. Maybe try some weight gainer or something. Maybe, maybe spend some time in Nona's kitchen and, and, you know, just exactly. eat a little bit more, you know, beef, beef out, beef out. Exactly. A little. Exactly. All right. Uh, Mickey, for me today, Mickey was our least effective, um, performer, uh, some passes that didn't come off for him today. Um, should have had an assist actually on. Uh, I think he squared it across the Lautaro and Lautaro missed. But, um, yeah, I just didn't think Mickey was was as effective as he typically is. It's nothing that I want to like savage the guy for, but it is Not when by we all do means, savage him. No, I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> when we do talk about him in games that he's ineffective the common theme seems to be like misplaced passes or he's like a one second late on when he should have made the pass which i think is like just you know that's the ebb and flows of dealing with mickey like he has some performances where he's super sharp and some where he's not so sharp but you still can't hate on the guy because he you know worked his ass off i'm sure if you look at the statistics for like you know his running i think he was he definitely probably would be up there but um yeah his position in the team seems the more most like tenuous to me like i'm really hoping that fradezi can play on the left side of the midfield because again like if i think of death star lineup and you know best 11 on the field somehow i would like fradezi and barella to be working together but oh, please please once i would like to see it and he gave us 90 minutes today too which is you know <laughs> For the thirty-four-year-old, it's uh, it gets more impressive every it's, time it's he typical. does it. No, I wouldn't say it's, it's just typical. It's expected with him. Yeah. Anything to uh, to comment about our um, the poor hairlined Armenian? I don't know how to exactly say that, but yeah. No, <laughs> no, nothing else to to comment on it. Um, Mickey's uh. Mickey's so fine. He's so fine. You know, he blows my mind. But anyway, um, yeah, uh, no, nah, he's he he does every. You know, uh, the thing with him that I have a problem with is that we are. I feel like we're just treating him the way we treated Jekyll, and we're gonna overuse him. And then come January, he's gonna be completely useless to us. And maybe I don't know. Maybe that's an Inzaghi tactic to to get Fratesi in the in the lineup by then and and be the full time starter. I don't know. Um, I think there's better ways to go about it. And we, I kind of think we need him fresh though because we keep talking about oh look at the depth of this team look at the depth of this team well if you if you get guys to burn out well there goes your depth because since he's already hurt and although myself and others were clamoring for for him to be a part of the squad 
we don't know if we're going to get anything from him. If you run Mikitari into the ground, well, then that leaves you with what? Just Aslani as a player off the bench and Klassen? Where's your depth now? You know, like... Agume. The Agume uh, Hive. Uh, <laughs> bro, the Agume Hive is... They're active. They are active. Oh my gosh, bro. They were talking about him like he was the best player of that game. And I know they're they're low-key trolling, but my goodness, like all right. Anyway. <laughs> There's a reason nobody wants to buy him. That's all I'm gonna say. But um Yeah, no, like where where's your depth? <laughs> Even with Agume, where is it? You know, um yeah. there's there's really although that kid, uh was it is it DiMaggio? DiMaggio's look good in the Primavera. Man, has he looked good in the pre- Now, I got listen, so I got hyped over Casa de. I've gotten hyped over other guys in the midfield in the past. Um, you know, Lorenzo Crisitig, uh Daniel Bessa, like there's a lot of a laundry list That's of, a of Primavera players that I've expected to to pop off for us. So this could be another one that that doesn't. Um, but anyway, I wouldn't be mad if we they had to go to him as a sixth option down the line. But I hope we don't have to get to that point. He'll um, never do it. It's there's no point I know, in even talking. I know, I know, I know. Inzaghi will I never. Know, he would rather convert Darmian to a center mid than play one of the kids. It's just the truth. Whatever, man. Like, let me let me just enjoy. The I'll kids, let you dream. Bro. I'll I'll let you dream. Let me let me All live right. a little. So. uh that's the the midfield like we said Aslani and Klassen get some minutes um in garbage time even though the game was was one one nothing at that point um a player that we haven't talked yet moving on to the forwards is Marcus Turam some idiot put a uh side by side picture oh, comparison yeah, no don't don't even bring it up. let's not even give this this account any any anything i'm not i'm not naming the account i'm not no, no, but account. like i don't want to i don't want to bring it up because we're bringing then we'll bring eyes to the account and i'm telling you because it's a stupid um blue check mark they're just trying to get interactions to get some money don't 100%. even don't even 100%. don't even mention it don't even mention it 100 percent. so turam gets the winner for us today is that his that's his first goal in four games i believe I guess it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. So first and four, which it doesn't tell the story. It doesn't tell the story of what he's meant to this team. Um, he had the assist for Lautaro's opener against Aranitana. You're, you're big. And, you're big on telling stories, man. I love the story. <laughs> I love the story. The story. I, I love the story, and the story that we're telling with Turam is that this guy, like you said at the start of the podcast, are. Uh, the Turam Luka, the Turam Lautaro attack beats out for me everything that Lula was, everything that Jekyll and Lautaro was, everything that Jekyll Lukaku was. This attack, this 26-year-old, and I think Lautaro's 26 too. These two 26-year-olds out here just just killing it. These are my guys. Marcus is uh is becoming a legend in my eyes already. Turam yeah, I would agree with you. He is definitely on that. He's he's getting there. Um, his power, his pace, his passing ability, all these things have been incredible. Incredible. The chemistry he's been able to develop with Lautaro in such a few amount of matches 
has been massive. I am so happy that we got him, especially on a free. Um, I would have been fine if we spent the $25 million when we were going to get him over Korea anyway, to be honest, because this guy is um, he's, he's massive. I think he's a, a fantastic pickup. I'm so glad that we went with him and that, I mean, if you look at it, our our transfer window could actually be defined by us swooping in at like the twelfth hour and stealing Turam from Milan because that allowed us to kind of divert from Lukaku, focus on other areas of the pitch. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, we had to sell Brozovic to unlock Fratesi and, and some other things. We sold Onana, and then we had to like you know wait to to get Sommer, but. By getting him on a free, it allowed us to have that money that essentially would have gone to Chelsea to buy Lukaku to get Pavard. So, I mean, thank you, Marcus, for one, staying true to your word, which he did mention that, you know, he promised Inter two years ago he was going to come here. Um, and he felt that once they reignited their interest in him, that he wanted to be true to his word. I don't think you would find that really in, in a lot of... Uh, um, you know, um, young players is what I was trying to say in, in this day and age. I think they're just going to chase the almighty dollar. Um, now, we may have overpaid than, than what Milan was offering anyway, but regardless, I, I think that we would have got him. Um, it doesn't because, feel like an overpay at this point. I mean, it feels, I don't think so either. It feels so like either. Milan should have upped their offer. Sure, but you know what? I mean, they got Olivier Giroud. You know, they got their Frenchman, I guess. They don't. They didn't want another one. Um and uh, yeah, it's just been um, it's been great to watch his growth and the way he's been embraced by the fans. You know, I'm 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 very happy and I'm glad that we have a guy that we can honor and respect wearing the number nine, not some two faced snake who will be meeting October 29th. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, you know, last thing on Turam for me. We looking at the goal scoring numbers for his career, I think his highest goal tally was like thirteen goals. Thirteen or fifteen, something for a season. In, in the league or or you in, mean a league, overall? in a league. In a league thirteen. Thirteen was yeah. his highest. Yeah. Yeah. So if you look at his goals this year, I mean he's only got three goals, but if you look at all of them have been really important. He opened the floodgates against Fiorentina. He um scored that world class goal against Milan that really like just sort of sunk them and then this goal the winner against Benfica in a you know at this point in time it feels like it was a must win uh given the strength of the other teams in the group uh he's been big time for us this year and um yeah between Pavard and Turam like which Frenchman is gonna get signing of the season uh who knows at this point but they're mm-hmm. both that's a good point they're both vying for it uh, he gets subbed out in the 73rd. I think he got the full 90 against Salernitana. So, yeah, uh, he's there, he's going to be playing a lot. Alexis comes on. Not much to say about his game. Uh, I'm trying to look at just the stats to sort of jog my memory here. Um, yeah, there, nothing really of importance that Alexis did, but... I didn't notice him uh, in a detrimental fashion, so I guess that um, that's good. Good stuff from Alexis. All right, that looks like uh, that looks like everybody. We've already spoken about Lautaro and you know how well he played for the team. 
Um, Simone gets it right today. Not much to say there. Um, all right. What should we get into? Anything else? That's it, man. I'm good. We are. We covered it all. We covered it all. So Inter is uh, in second place on goal differential behind Sociedad on four points. Salzburg on three. Benfica with nothing. So we come up against Salzburg twice here. I think the, you know, the expectation has to be all six um, from the home and away fixtures. That gets us to 10 points and you're virtually qualified at that point. Um you know, and then and then we still stand within a shout of, of winning the group. So I think the expectation has to be to get the six points here. As far as looking ahead to uh to Serie A, Bologna is a tough team, man. Multi magic, man. That's the guy. You know, he's um he knows how to get his boys prepared to play the big guns and um they could be a team that Listen, they they were a trouble for us before he got there, and I, I feel like since he's been there, he's not made it easy on us either. Um, you would think, as a former interista, he'd want to give us a little bit of a break, but hey, you know what? Uh, I'd rather you do the honorable thing than we get uh, investigated for collusion or something. But um, yeah, it'll be a tough game for sure. I'll be interested to see how Simone lines the guys up for that match, but um, I still think we're capable of getting three points for sure. Uh, we have the firepower. We have the talent. It's just, are we going to to show up prepared? The only thing I don't like is that it's in well, it's an afternoon game, um, in Italy, and uh, we team we seem to struggle with afternoon games too. So hopefully, uh, we can break that curse too. Yeah, they they're currently sitting in eighth place on ten points, um, unbeaten in their last five. Three nothing win over Empoli. Nil-nil draws with Monza, Napoli, and Verona, and obviously they beat Cagliari. So, uh, yeah, they're they're a team in good form, and we're going to need to be at our best to beat them. Also, keeping in mind, last time that the sides met, they had a one nothing victory uh, over us back in February. Um, Orsolini scored that goal there. So, yeah, he's on fire. Um, it should be a great game. Uh, 9 a.m. for those here in the states, and uh, yeah, should we let's should get we those three points? Should we get the Bologna super fan on? I think we have to. I think we I have think to. We right? have to, out of respect. Out of respect, right? they I are so. they are playing uh in Bologna, right? That's not a home mm. game for us, is it? Oh no, I... it's San Siro. Yeah. Oh, it is. Okay, I was just pulling it up too. All right. Yeah, but San either way, let's, uh... yeah, let's let's get them on. Let's get them on. We know you guys love the guest pods. Um, all right. We are all wrapped up here for Inter Benfica on to Bologna. And before we do, we, there were some people too that reached out when I was looking for people. Um, I haven't forgotten about you. Uh, I will be reaching out to some of you with Alessandro and um, we could figure out a time too to, to maybe have you on to, to to either talk about a post-game match or something. But yeah, uh, that's it. Awesome. Um, Already, in the words of the great Roberto Scarpini, Forza ragazzi, Forza ragazzi, Forza ragazzi.